0: So, I'm excited that y'all are all here this morning. As you just saw, we're starting a new series this morning, The Gift. We just finished up our series, uh, I Love My Church, last week. And when Muta asked me to speak, like, I was really excited because I thought I was going to get to finish up the I Love My Church. And I was going to get to talk about I Love My Church because we love food. So, today is Tamale Sunday. Who's excited about some tamales? Yes, me too. So uh, full disclosure, I'm going to steal a line from Pastor Scott, who's upstairs. I'm not the, uh, the normal everyday pastor here at Relevant Church, so if this is your first time here, you have to keep coming back so that you can uh, hear Pastor Muta. Pastor Muta is a phenomenal speaker, a phenomenal leader, and we are blessed to have Pastor Muta leading us here at Relevant Church, and uh, we're just excited to have him, and, and come back next week and the week after that as he brings the word uh, to finish out this series um, on the gift. So this morning, we're going to talk about terrible gifts. Has anybody in here ever just received, like, a bad gift? Like, you just open it up, and you're like, this gift sucks. Like, some of y'all may be wearing that gift this morning, because y'all look pretty hideous, some of y'all, all all right? All right, so, um, growing up, like, When I was little, all I ever wanted was toys, video games, sports equipment, things like that, but I knew every year underneath the Christmas tree, there was going to be two packages that I was just going to be ready just to toss behind me, and they're both related to the same thing. I got socks and underwear every year. I did not want socks and underwear. No kid wants socks and underwear, and I realize this is probably going to get me in trouble, but Kim's not in here, so it's okay. I'm about 95% sure, oh, there she is, so... I'm about 98% sure that I got underwear under the Christmas tree this morning. So underwear is not a bad gift now. It just was when I wanted toys and and things like that. Um, But somebody I know that is notorious for getting bad gifts is my dad. And it's surprising because my dad will make a Christmas list that's longer than mine ever was as a kid. Um, But my dad always got terrible Christmas gifts. Um, So a couple of stories about that. Once, uh, when I was, I was probably seven or eight years old, my dad was working at a factory, and every year this factory gave out a, a pretty good Christmas bonus to, to all the employees. So, and my family relied on that Christmas bonus to help, help support our Christmas, our gifts for each other, uh, our gifts for our other family members. <clears throat> and so my dad gets off work, he goes and picks up his paycheck, and with the paycheck, they give him a Christmas card and a little Christmas ornament. He's like, all right, here's the Christmas bonus. He takes off to the bank. He's going to make the deposit. He opens up the Christmas card, opens it up, and there's no check in there. There's no cash in there. There's no IOU in there. It says, I don't even remember the factory name, but it says, Merry Christmas from us to you. Please enjoy this Christmas ornament. So instead of this substantial uh, Christmas bonus gift, he doesn't get that. He gets a cheap little Christmas ornament, and it was literally like a red locker with like a mouse poking its head out. (laughs) And so nothing special, nothing spectacular. But every year, you can believe when my mom's putting the Christmas tree up, she's taking that ornament out she's cussing it under her breath, and she puts it on the most prominent spot on the tree. Every year, just a terrible gift. He was expecting this Christmas bonus, and he gets this Christmas ornament. Um, Another terrible gift was when he was young. My dad was child number 11 of 12. So by the time it got to him, there was no gifts. He was getting hand-me-downs if he was lucky, right? So um, Santa never visited my dad's house. Sad story, right? Uh, He probably wouldn't have got anything anyway, right? All right, so, um, but one year, Santa actually visited my dad's house. And so he wakes up in the morning, and there's a note sitting right on his dresser right next to his bed. And it says, To Kevin from Santa. And he's excited. Like, he hears all of his friends talking about Santa, but he's never, like... Santa doesn't come to Clover Bend, Arkansas, evidently. So, uh, he opens this up, tears out this this piece of paper, and it's a note. And it says, Dear Kevin, I borrowed 20 bucks from you. Love Santa. And that was his Christmas gift that year. And let's face it, it wasn't borrowed. It was taken. Like, one of his brothers or sisters took 20 bucks from him and blamed it on Santa. Bad gift. Terrible gift, right? So, some of y'all might have some stories about some terrible gifts, um, but... One terrible gift that we, we all share, that we've all been blessed with, is this gift of sin. Um, sin is in each and every one of our lives right now. Um, it, it's, it's something that's always been there. It's something that we've, uh, we were almost born with, and we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more later. Um, we're going to open up the Word now and see what Paul has to tell us about sin. Um, we have some Bibles here. Montreal is going to pass some Bibles around If you do not have a Bible of your own, raise your hand, Montreal will get you one and give him a minute or two to pass those out. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, feel free, write your name in that one, take it home with you. That's our gift to you. It's a good gift, right? Not not a terrible gift. So that's our gift to you. Um, So we're going to be in Romans chapter 7 today. And verses 15 through 24, and we're going to hear what Paul has to tell us today about sin and about our struggle with sin. So, let me get turned there myself. When you got it, say, I got it. If you need a minute, say, hey, slow down. Got it? Got it. Uh, no, whoa, whoa. slow down. Um, it's 613 in this one, I think that's, that may be a a new version that we have. Do you have the page number? 550 in the white Bible, 550 in the white Bible. Or if you have a smartphone, you just scroll until it's there, you click it, and there it is. All right, so, got it, all right, here we go. So in Romans chapter 7, uh, we're going to read, reading verses 15 through 23 to start with. Um, And it says, for I do not understand my, uh, uh, excuse me, we're going to be 14 through 23. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members among a, another law, waging war against the law that dwells in my members. All right, so let's pray right quick. Lord, we love you. We thank you for gathering us here together. We thank you for um, just, uh, just the, the friends that are in here, and we just thank you for um, the, the love that you have for us, Lord. Um, Lord, uh, just be with us today as we, we talk through this, uh, this scripture, Lord. Just help us to realize uh, through this that um, that we we definitely have a struggle with sin and that sin is a, a terrible part of our lives, that, that there's only one fix for that, Lord. And so just uh, speak through me today, Lord. Just thank you for everyone that's here. Thank you for the wonderful worship that we had earlier. And just allow that to continue in our hearts and just open our, our hearts and, and minds to, to hear your word. All right. So this struggle that we're reading about in here that Paul's having is... Probably one that, like, we've all had. We've all felt this struggle. Um, you do something. You, you tell a lie. And while you're telling that lie, you're sitting there thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? I know this is wrong. I know this is not what I'm supposed to do. Why do I do it? Um, maybe it's it's uh, being disobedient to, to your parent or something for the, for the kids in here. You know that your parent said, hey, go clean your room, and now you're... Texting somebody or FaceTiming or Snapchatting or what is the Songify thing? I don't know. The, I see kids doing this all the time. Yeah, not me. Um, I don't even have a Twitter, so i got to figure that out sometime. All right, so, um, but we, we're all disobedient, and um, Paul is talking about that struggle here. Um, he says that the things that I want to do, I don't do them. The things that I know I should be doing, I, I, I don't do those things, but I do the things that I know I'm not supposed to do. Um, And and this goes back all the way to the book of of Genesis, and we see that with Adam and Eve. Um, The serpent comes, the serpent uh, uh, talks to Eve about the fruit, and she knows she's not supposed to eat this fruit. The serpent even asks her, hey, why why aren't you supposed to eat it? She knows the rules, but she does it anyway. She allows her flesh to take over, and she does what uh, is against uh, God's word. Um, later on in Psalms, we hear David. In Psalms 51.5, David is talking about this relationship that he's had that's against God. David's the king of Israel. David, All of David's men are out fighting this battle, <clears throat> and David's back with his kingdom. Well, David knows, and all the leaders around him know and are telling him, why are you back here? You're the king. You're supposed to be out there with your men. And, and David knows this. David knows this in his heart. But instead, he stays back and he goes up on his rooftop and he looks across the, the city and he sees this beautiful lady in a bathtub, completely nude, and he, he falls in love. He, he sees her, he calls her to his house, um, ends up having an affair with this lady. She ends up getting pregnant and then David brings her wife Uriah back and um, ends up having him killed and marries Bathsheba. Obviously, this is crazy. Like, David's the king. I mean, we, we see this in our politics today, sex scandals and, and different things like that. But David's the king, and David is this godly person that God has chosen to be the king. He knows that what he's doing is wrong. Um, all those leaders around him are telling him that what he's doing is wrong. But he does it anyway. He, he follows his flesh. And in Psalms 51.5, he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So what he's saying is, this is something that has been in his life since he was born. Have you all ever noticed that like, you don't have to tell a kid to do wrong? Like, Kids just automatically know to do wrong. Any of you ever taught your kid how to lie? May- maybe you have, and you're a terrible parent, right? No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. All right. But we don't have to tell our kids to lie. Like, I don't know how many times a day I have to break up a fight between Reeve and Kit where they both had the toy first, and I don't know how that's possible, But they both had the toy first, and they both won't quit denying that they had the toy first. Um, Those lies come all the time. Uh, I didn't hit him. Yes, you did. I saw you hit him. I watched you with my own eyes. Um, Reeve loves America's Funniest Home Videos, and so sometimes we'll watch them on YouTube or something. And the other day, we were watching one, and there was this kid. He was playing with, like, an iPad or something like that. And his parent opens the door with the camera, and they're filming him, and he's playing with it. Then he looks up and sees... He gives one of these members, and then he tucks and hides the the iPad under his sheets, and like nothing happened. And he, he like it was literally like with cartoons where you see them take off running, but they don't move until Running Man challenge or something. That's what that was. There, I gotta <laughs> practice that. One. All right. So anyway, but um, that's what that's what kids do. They know how to sin. It, it's not something that we have to teach them, and they do it from the the youngest age. Um, and, and so that's what David's saying there is that. I was born into the sin. I've I've been doing this for so long. My my flesh is is, uh, guilty of this. Paul in Romans is saying virtually the same thing. Um, Paul is this great prolific Christian. Um, He's somebody that we all look up to. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, This guy planted most of the churches in Asia and Europe. This guy is obviously somebody who is extremely faithful. Paul knows the rules. He knows the law. Paul was a Pharisee, and Paul studied at all the best schools. He knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. But he still says, even though I know what I'm supposed to be doing, my flesh says, my flesh doesn't allow me to do those things. So that's going to bring us to our our first point, and that is uh, my flesh is weak. We have to understand that in order to overcome sin, we have to know that our flesh is weak. Um, this is going to lead us to some other points here in a second. But our flesh is weak. The things that we want to do are, are not necessarily the things that, are, are, that we're going to do. Um, so in the scripture, Paul's very vulnerable. Um, he's, he's writing this letter to the Romans, and he's saying, I know the law. The law is here in place, but I I'm, I can't do that. Um, so, but he's he's really laying out his heart about this struggle with sin that we all have, and it's a, it's a very personal struggle that we have, um, and it's a struggle with our flesh. And um, in verses fourteen through sixteen, Paul really lays it out there that he says, "My, my um, go back to it." For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold under sin. He's going back and talking about the same thing that, that David is, that he is, he is a, nothing but a sinner, and he has been that since he was born. He was born into this sin. Um, for I do not understand my own actions. For I, do not, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. This is, is sort of the, the mystery of this, though is that even Paul, someone who's very educated in the law, he, he knows what's going on. Even he says, I don't know why I do this other than it was born into me and this is, this is my flesh. Um, and, and no matter how much we're willing and, and we try on our own, we are not going to be able to get past that. Um, we're not going to be strong enough because of how weak, our flesh is. Um, Martin Luther said it this way. He said, uh, that is the proof of the spiritual and wise man. He knows that uh, he is carnal and he is displeased with himself. Indeed, he hates himself and praises the law of God, which he recognizes because he is spiritual. But the proof of a foolish carnal man is this, that he regards himself as spiritual and is pleased with himself. So Paul knows that as as good as he is, that his flesh will never um, be enough. To, to, um, to obtain the glory that he desires. Um, in Galatians chapter five seventeen, 17, um, Paul goes on and he says this, uh, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So our flesh is always going to be at odds against that which we're supposed to be doing um we're always going to be at at those odds um and we read through here and through what paul's telling us we know that his desire is not the problem later on in the scripture he's going to talk about all the i want to do this but i can't do that his desire is not the problem we talked about his education his education is not the problem he has the knowledge he knows what's right and what's wrong we all know what's right and what's wrong um and so that's not the problem the problem that we have is our lack of power to overcome sin ourselves. Um, and so Paul's going to go on and tell us how we can, we can overcome that a little bit here in a second. Um, but the law is there. He knows the law, but his, his flesh is against the law. Um, it is, uh, but the law is only there to tell us what's right and what's wrong. The law is not what's going to be able to save him. And he realizes this, and it gives us uh, no power to, to overcome the sin. Um, so, one important thing that I do want to point out here, though, is that Paul is not giving us a a license to sin. He's not saying, "Hey, just because you're gonna sin, just go ahead and and just keep on going." Like, just because you can't overcome this, this isn't what um, what what Paul's saying. Uh, he recognizes that as he sins, he is a uh, he is acting against his nature in Christ. He knows that. Uh, To be in Christ, he needs to be working towards that, towards perfection that he knows he won't ever uh, maintain. But he realizes that the impulse to sin um, comes from who, comes not from who we are in Christ, but who we are in ourself. All right. Um, And so he's going to explain that a little bit more here in Romans 17, 17, or excuse me, Romans 7, 17 through 24. Get back to it. Paul starts talking about this, this duality that lives in us. Um, I know a lot of times we see in cartoons, we have got the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other shoulder, and they're both telling you something to do. And, and that's sort of like the the image I get when when we hear Paul talking here. He, he's he got on this one side this, hey, I know what I'm supposed to do, but on this other side, it's it's the exact opposite. And it's saying we have to, to turn from this. Um, so this duality, it, it doesn't make... The sin in our lives, right? Um, but uh, but it, it does say a lot about our nature uh, and 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 who we are as as a person outside of Christ. Um, and this struggle, as I was saying earlier, is probably one that's common to to most of us. That that I know I'm not supposed to be on this website, but I do it anyway. Or I know that. I'm not supposed to be at this bar, but I'm here anyways. Or I know that I shouldn't be messaging this this girl, but I, I'm doing it anyways. Um, or e- even as simple as, hey, I know that I don't need to be sliding this credit card here again, but I, I do it anyways. And that, that flesh in us is causing us to do that, regardless of what it is that that we know that we're not supposed to be doing. But Paul goes on to say that, even though he knows it, even though um, it's right in front of him that point number two is that my good intentions are not good enough um, just knowing the difference between right and wrong isn't isn't going to fix your sin it's going to take more than that it's going to take you going beyond that level to uh, to to get past these sins um, in 2 Corinthians 10, four and five Paul goes on to say that for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So here he's saying our power is not enough to overcome our flesh. Our intentions are not enough to overcome our flesh. But it, it's, it's only through something much greater than this that's going to be able to destroy these strongholds that, that are uh, against us. Um, Paul has. Paul has this knowledge. <clears throat> Paul has this knowledge that he he has to do more, but there's still this this deep struggle within him that keeps him from from doing that. Um, and this is this is a a deep struggle that he has. Um, verse twenty four. There's, there's a lot packed into that, that one little little verse. Um, Paul says in it that, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So one thing that we, we can read through this is that, that wretched that it says, that wretched um, in the original text was talking about something that has, is coming from a hard labor, something that's really been laying on him, something that's really been bothering him. He he is he is being beat up by this. He is being destroyed by this this struggle that's within him. Um, and, and I'll be honest, this is definitely something this week that's really beat me up. Um, coming into this sermon, uh, I consider myself to be an extremely tough guy. Like, and I think y'all agree. Um, so I uh, consider myself to be extremely tough, physically, mentally. Um I, I'm I just I, I I'm a it's probably more hard headed than tough, but I'm tough. So um when we talked about this a little bit at Regroup this week actually. Uh, one of the things that I have trouble with is failing. Like I am not about to let myself fail at something. Um we talked about some people who are afraid of failing won't even dive into it. I'm I'm like that John Wayne quote that uh, he says if uh if you're going to be dumb, you at least have to be tough, that's me. Like, I'm dumb, so I'm tough. Um, instead of backing away from things that I think I might fail at, I jump headstrong into it. And I put my my full body, my full intentions into that, and my full intentions into fixing that. Um, and because I'm so headstrong and, um, and hard-headed, um, when I dove into the scripture this week, I started writing out a sermon and I was like, okay, yeah, this, this makes sense. Because I was like, I know the scripture. I know what it's saying. I know what it's telling me to do. But the more I read into it, the more I realized, hey, I'm not focusing on what God's telling me in this scripture. I'm focusing on, on what I know the scripture to say. And there's a big difference there. Um, And so that duality between me was, hey, I know what this is saying. I got a lot of stuff going on. I can put this sermon in and like I, I can lay out the points that I know what they are instead of really relying on God and focusing on what his uh what he had to say to us through this um that was the 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 dual uh threat inside of me my busyness versus doing what God has in store for me and and for us um so as i'm working this i'm i'm topping up my notes i'm filling uh, filling out some blanks spots. And I'm like, this is not flowing. This is not at all, like, going well. And I realized, I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to completely just fail in front of everybody. And that's when God really, like, just kicked me in the forehead. And uh, he said, no, this, like, you're looking at this from a too legalistic manner. We need to talk about grace in this. Um, And so that's where uh, um, I've really struggled with this. And, like, it was really wearing me down, this this uh, being up till 3 or 4 a.m. working on the sermon and then going to work the next morning and realizing that I'm putting all this effort and time into it and my intentions of what this sermon should be is not what this sermon should be. My intentions for this is not enough. Uh, I need to focus on God and what God has in store for us through, through this. Um, so that was definitely my struggle this week and I felt Paul's pain here. Uh, I was I was just beat up, I was struggling, I was tired, I was getting angry at what was, was going on with the sermon and how it wasn't flowing and everything else that I had going on. Um, I was worn out between the struggle between uh, the law and sin and, um, and living for Christ and doing what he said to do and, and what my own flesh wanted to do. But in this, Paul was desperate for deliverance. Um, so he was overwhelmed with this uh, sense of sin in his life. But uh, even in that, he, he always pointed back towards God. He, he knew that he had its powerlessness. I knew I had this powerlessness, and I knew I had to turn uh, my attentions elsewhere because my intentions were, were not going to be good enough to, to get God's word across. Um, so from this, Paul finally looks outside of himself. Um, if you count the times from the, verse 14 up to the end of this chapter that Paul talks about himself, we're talking about 40 times that he says, I did this, my will, my spirit, I, I, my, my, um, and and those things. There's over, around 40 times that he says that in there. And never once does he mention anything other than his flesh and his self. Um, but Paul realizes that um, he, he had to look outside of himself to, to overcome this. So Paul gives up on himself and he asks, who's going to deliver me from this sin? Um, he's, he's saying, uh, not how can I get myself out of this, this is what I do way too much. Any problem that comes up, I'm a very private person. I'm probably not going to share that with anybody. Um, and I always look to how I can figure this out, how I can get past this. Um, but Paul doesn't ask, how can I get myself out of this? But he asks, who's going to deliver me from this? Um, so, uh, up until this point, Paul hasn't given us any answers. It's, it's all been problem. It's all been, I want to do this, but I do this instead. I know to do this, but I do this instead. Paul doesn't give us any of the answers up until this point, um, and a lot of times when we're we're having this inner struggle, like we we don't even look for the answer, and and that's really because sin sin is complicated. Um, it's it's something that it's as Paul said in verse fifteen, like he doesn't even understand what why all this is happening. But sin is complicated, but there's the the solution to it is is simple. Um, and so in verse twenty five we're going to hear about that solution. Um, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of man. So point number three is the gift of Jesus overcomes the gift of sin. Um, and that's where we should find our joy. We shouldn't find our joy from saying that, or saying that Paul also struggled with sin, which is something that I've too often done. Paul sinned, it's okay for me to sin. That's, that's not um, where we should find our joy. Our joy should come from knowing that the gift that Jesus gave us through his sacrifice um, is is what we need to overcome, the gift of sin. So um, I think that a lot of times it takes us to get to that struggle, though, before we can really um, realize where our, that we're in desperate need of, of self-help from, from him. Um too many times, uh, it because I'm, I'm hard headed and dumb. It takes me to get to that point where I realize, man, I'm over my head. I'm sinking, and before I realize, that I need to to give that to God. <clears throat> but if instead of um, seeking ourselves and what we can do, we need to turn to the cross. Um, God's provided a righteousness that we cannot produce ourselves, and that righteousness is what. Jesus Christ offers us through his spirit. Um, Paul mentions earlier in this scripture that the law is good, but the law is not good enough to save us. We have to have a savior. Um, And this is why Jesus came. Um, And so we're in the Christmas season now. Um, We always want to focus on Jesus as it it comes to Christmas and and him coming to earth for us. And um, this is something that... uh, we, we don't deserve um, because of our flesh, because um, we, are, we are so full of sin. Um, and if it wasn't for all this sin in our life, the law would be enough. The law is black and white. It tells you what you need to do and what you don't need to do. If we could all live by the law, then there would have been no need for, for Jesus to come. But Jesus had to come because um, our sin was just too much in our lives. Um, so Paul's put Jesus in the right place as uh, Lord and master of his life. Now, Paul doesn't pretend that looking to Jesus just completely eliminates the sin in our life. Um, he, he goes on to say, uh, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. This battle with our flesh, it's always going to be there. Um, you, you hear people who were formerly alcoholics say, Hey, I'm, I'm still an alcoholic. I got a guy that works for me. Just uh, He just recovered. He's one year free of lung cancer, so praise God for that. But he quit smoking the day he found out he had lung cancer. And he says, I get an urge every day to smoke. He said, I'm around. If I see somebody with a cigarette, my first thought is I need to light one up too. But um, even through this urge, he he has overcome this um, the power of, of the of cigarettes in his life, um, we're still going to have this urge to sin. There's still going to be this um, this bad angel on our shoulder telling us that our, our flesh is, uh, is the way to go. But we have to know that there's victory in Jesus, and Jesus didn't come uh, <clears throat> and die just to give us more rules, but he's come to live out the victory in our lives. Um, <clears throat> So the message of the gospel is that there is victory over sin and death as we surrender our lives to Jesus and let him live out uh, the victory through us. Um, so as we, we come to a close today, um, I want to encourage you to, to look at your life. Um, I think there's probably there, there's two people in this room. There's those who are really struggling with the sin in their life, they they know what they're supposed to be doing. They see um, God in their life. Um, <clears throat> they see God in their life, but they they just feel like this sin is just too much. It's it's overpowering them. Um, <clears throat> there's there's this strong struggle within them, and those people need if, if those people that know Christ need to put those sins on Christ and realize that they can't do anything with without Christ that those sins are still going to be there <clears throat> and that their focus on Christ and the grace that comes through through him is what's going to help them to overcome it but there's also other people in this room who their struggles not really with with sin so much as their struggle is with God um and so while they still know how to do right and they still know how to do wrong maybe they just they just don't necessarily care um, but they they the sin in their life is <clears throat> nothing compared to the struggle with well, what is god going to do about it <clears throat> and so <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my prayer this week is that you would really just look at your life and look at the sin in your life and look at that struggle and realize that you don't have to be struggling with those things that you're struggling with, that um, Christ is enough to, to take over those sins and to cover them with his blood. <clears throat> um, over the next two weeks, we're going we're gonna to talk about a couple of other gifts um, and really that the, the best gift that we're going to talk about is going to come in our Christmas Eve service. And so I really want to encourage all of y'all to come out to our Christmas Eve service and hear more about that gift, hear more about the gift that, that Christ has provided for us um, in, in the sacrifice uh, of, of himself for our sins. Um, as, as I said earlier, the law, is, the law is in place to let us know what is right and wrong. But we're never going to match up to that law. Um, and until we, we know Christ... And until we we understand the grace that comes through him and and what he has for us, um, we're never going to get past that struggle of sin. So I'm going to pray this out um, and just really encourage you that as as I pray to look at your life and if you are struggling with sin right now, just give that to God, whatever that sin is, whatever that struggle is in your life, just give it to God. And realize that you are are inadequate to to overcome this by yourself. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we just thank you for um, being the sacrifice for our sin. We thank you for um, just uh, being present in our lives. And we thank you for um, giving us the knowledge of right and wrong. Um, Lord, right now, some of us, especially me, are struggling with this, um, battle with, with sin versus, um, really versus you in our lives, Lord. Um, the flesh in in us is, it's just allowing sin to, to maybe take over, Lord. But Lord, we also know that, praise God, that you're the only one that can overcome this sin in, in our lives. Um, Lord, it's your grace that we need. It's, it's. Your, um, your sacrifice that, that will deliver us from the sin, and I just ask that um, you would just speak to us and, and help us to overcome that, that struggle that's with, within us, Lord. Um, we love you, we praise you, and just ask that you would just um, work in our lives, Lord.